Movie podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And as per usual, we're going to be hitting you up with some movie news. After that, we're going to launch into some reviews. I'll be reviewing Sorcerer's Apprentice. I'll be reviewing The Last Airbender. And we shall both be reviewing The Expendables. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you know. I'm sure you guys know about The Expendables. You've probably seen it already. Ain't that right? Uh, open big on Friday. Yeah, it seems to open big here as well. Yep. <laughs> Before we get to that, uh, let's remind you, as usual, if you have any comments or queries, you can email us at podcast at macyapandfries.com. Podcast at macyapandfries.com. If you like what we're doing, if you don't like what we're doing, you've heard me say all this before. I'm, Drop us a line. Yeah, I'm sick of you heard me say it. <laughs> On to the news. Uh, well, the Terminator franchise continues its uh, long journey into... Obsolescence. Senility. Medi- <laughs> Uh, for those of you who are unaware, uh, the, Term- the Terminator franchise was um, put up for grabs last year. Yeah. And, uh, it's still open, isn't it? Yeah, it's still open, but uh, now it turns out that Hanover House has uh, entered into a venture with Red Bear Entertainment to produce a 70 million 3D animated feature. Oh, I didn't realize it was that big. Yeah, called Terminator 3000. <laughs> oh, they, they, they skipped on the obvious one of Terminator reanimated. <laughs> uh, I, this is kind of weird because, like, the whole idea of an an, of a three D animated uh, Terminator movie is potentially could be good. Could be good, but uh, from what I understand, they are um, be no War of the Worlds. Well, no, absolutely <laughs> not. no, but they're going total PG thirteen on this. Oh, really? Yeah, they're going uh, total PG thirteen. Uh, apparently, it was um, uh, it was uh, the stated goal, and this is a quote: that minimizing violence in order to obtain a PG thirteen level of material. So yeah, it's going the route. It's going the route. It's going the future. You will not ever stop until you are dead. That's definitely PG material. Yeah, you you can't be bargained with. (laughs) (laughs) He absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. (laughs) (laughs) Salvation was on during the week, actually. And just watching that again, I was just fascinated by the faces that. Young Kyle Reese, what's his name? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the actor's name? Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin, because he's constantly sticking his jaw out and kind of furrowing his brows. I, know, I, know. He, I mean, he does pull it off. He does look like him, but after seeing him in Star Trek, being all wide-eyed, and I know. And then you see him in this, you know what he looks like normally. You're like, dude, this guy is constantly fucking his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you like know, he's he really, brow. He, he's really he really wants to nail Michael Bean's face. Yeah, which is hard when you're not Michael Bean. Yeah, you know, and he does a pretty he good does job. A pretty good job. You know, it's like Michael Bean. In most of his uh, movies, he always looks just like... Michael Bean. It's intense. Yeah. You know, it's just like super intense. And Anton Yashin looks super constipated. <laughs> no, I, have, I, I saw Terminator Salvation, like bits of it on TV not too long ago. They've been shown in this part of the It Hollywood. doesn't really hold up. I don't know. I, I mean, like certain parts of it are still cool. Like, there are still some action sequences that are, that are, that are cool. I'll, yeah. I'll sit and watch them again. But once people start talking, it's like, I, huh? can, you know, you know, I can really do without this. Wait, what? You, what he, you knew he was going to bring? What? Like, How? But... But, but no, he, he, he might not have met him. The, se- the scenes between Sam Worthington and Moon Bloodgood, yeah. it's just like, what the hell, man? But it's, it's one of those movie plots where if you remove one piece of the domino effect, mm-hmm. Skynet's plan is fucking whack. 
And <laughs> Skynet's fucking retarded in yeah. this movie. I mean, they probably sent out about 1600 Marcus Wrights before now, and they all just fell down drains. Mar- or Marcus Wright. Marcus Wright. Marcus Wright. To the base! And Christian Bale, I'm sorry. He, yeah, he's yeah. pretty bad. He's pretty bad in this movie, dude. It's like, I didn't know he had a. We think a good review, though. Well, I mean, we saw. I mean, it was it was enjoyable in the cin- in theaters, but yeah, just the more you watch it, Bale's performance is just like it's just level eleven. Swear to me, <laughs> you know, he's just he's doing that shit again. I think he's. I think he he actually. We're all dead. I think he actually did fuck his voice up doing yeah. Batman, and that's now how he sounds. Something happened. He, he tore something in his throat or something. And it's not healing. It's not. It hasn't healed, and it's like this is now how he sounds. Because even when he wasn't. Like, you know, even when he was speaking normally and everything, it still sounded strangely modulated, mm. you know? So it's like, I think that he's actually fucked his voice up. And that's why he hasn't done any, any more movies He's lately. hoping it'll heal. You know, he's, hoping, he's waiting for it to heal. He can't, he can't, he's still got the Batman voice, uh. you know? That's why everyone's scared of him, you know, because they think that he's just constantly, constantly has issues. But the thing is, is that he's suffering inside because he's totally fucked his voice doing the Batman voice. He can't, he can't sing all those great songs from Newsies. Was it Newsies? Newsies, yeah. <laughs> he can't do them anymore. Newsies. Well, he shouldn't do that anymore. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he's and a that, new getting, getting all the musical, and that's why he had to uh, drop out. That's why he was replaced from the new Terrence Malick movie. Oh yeah, yeah. it's because he can't speak normally. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Christian Bale uh, was uh, lined up to play one of the leads in um, an untitled uh, love story by Terrence Malick. Probably unscripted um, as well at this point. Probably, <laughs> uh, Terrence Malick. <laughs> it, it made big news at the time because uh, Terrence Malick had just completed doing Tree of Life. Yeah, and Terrence Malick is one of those directors that normally waits like ten to twenty years between, between movies. Between movies, and like here he was gearing up to do another one, and spends about three to four years making them. Yep, uh, along with Christian Bale, uh, Javier Bardem, uh, Javier. Javier. Caviar. Ca- caviar. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Rachel McAdams and uh, Olga Kalgoyoko. Is that it? Olga Korienko. Korienko. There you go. Whatever. Who's one, of, one of them is being replaced by Rachel White, sorry. Uh, well, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't made clear whether or not Rachel White was replacing anyone, although Christian Bale is uh, rumored to be replaced by Ben Affleck. Mm. And that's something you wouldn't expect to hear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christian Bale's not working out. Let's get Ben Affleck. Maybe he's seen the town and he likes what he saw. Maybe. Well, uh, but actually, uh, Terrence Malick is credited uh, in at the end of um, in, in the end credits of Gone, B- Gone Baby Gone. Oh, really? Like special thanks. Wow. So it's like you think maybe like you know there's a buddies or there's like a mentor situation. That's going cool. On there. So that's all the mentors to pick. A guy who's made like three movies in the last twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to talk about directing. Really? <laughs> Not editing, no. <laughs> I thought Thin Red Line was better than Saving Private Ryan. I'd never say I would never say this to Matt, but I thought. That <laughs> <laughs> but personally, between you and me, Terry, I fucking hate Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Thin Red Line is where it's at. By the way, I'm thinking of directing. <laughs> but actually, I mean, you can't see that. I mean, when you watch Gone Baby Gone, there's Ben Affleck. One thing that kind of does have in common with Terrence Malick is that he's. He's patient with the camera. Yeah. There's no, there's no fast cuts. He's very there. patient with the camera. You know, it's like the the shots stay there. A lot of the shots are actually quite static. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, having done a lot of movies with Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, speaking of Arnie franchises or ex Arnie franchises that are now getting the cor- whose corpses are now getting dragged up to get fucked again. Mm-hmm. Did you hear Len Wiseman? This is last week's news. So you might have noticed we didn't do a podcast last week. Yeah, certain things happened, and uh, you know what? It would not be a good idea to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Um, Technically, it wasn't a good idea. No, absolutely not. But, no, I uh, heard about this. Len yeah, Wiseman, director, Len Wiseman. Of, director of the uh, Underworld movies. I uh, live for your Die Hard. That's right. He's going to direct... Uh, he's in final negotiations to direct Columbia Pictures' Total Recall, a movie which does not need to be remade. No, absolutely not. Total Recall is awesome. 
<laughs> there's no fucking Johnny Cam. There's no need to do anything with that movie. They're talking about contemporizing it as well, and they're basing it, I think, off the book, which is we can remember for a wholesale. So they're just yeah. basically making paycheck. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like literally. Yeah. Are they going to get Ben in as well? Oh god. No, I think uh, I think Ben Affleck is he's learned his lesson. Yeah. I mean, if he takes this on, then you know what? He deserves what he gets. <laughs> but it is. It's just a totally bad idea. No, it's just one of those things that's like, again, it's like, why? It's like the Escape from New York remix. Like, why? For fuck's sake. Yeah. Do we, we don't need this. The original still holds up. I mean, just re-release them in the cinemas. Yeah, just re-release the original. I mean, some of the effects look a little ropey today. I mean, that whole uh, mask that Arnold wears that yeah. comes up, that, that looks like to shit. To be fair, when you, th- I mean, when you look at like, when you I actually thought that, um, what's his name? Robert Picardo. Was it Robert Picardo? Hmm? Picardo, is that his name? The guy from Voyager, he's the Johnny Cap thing. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a full robot for the whole thing. It was actually him for parts of it. It's like, you know, the effects are no, the pretty effects, good. But, I mean, like, this was in the time, it wasn't, there wasn't that much CG. A yeah. lot of it was still sort of practical on-set effects. And those things, they have weight. They're always, yeah. you know, it's, they're always cool to look at. Even if they are a little dated, you forgive it. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I think the thing is a perfect example of uh, how practical effects are actually way better yeah. than, than, than CG effects, because it's real. Yeah. But, no, this, fuck, I don't even, you know, like... No one can say, get your ass to Mars the way Arnold can. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and you know they're going to CG. You know they're going to CG that whole fucking Marshall Bell character where he, where he had, uh, what, what's that guy's name? Uh, the, the, Watu. The, the, the Watu, yeah, the, the, the guy in his belly. It's like, Quaid. And that was Quaid. freaky, I'm getting chills. It's like, open your mind to me. The three little baby arms. <laughs> yeah. oh. Quaid. <laughs> Start the reactor. Quatu or? Yeah, Quatu. Quatu, yeah, yeah. Quatu. Yeah, I think you can get t shirts online. Just Quatu lives. Quatu. Quaid. And then and he stuck onto that asshole from Stashing Troopers. Marshall Bell. Marshall Bell. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, always right. No, and also another reason why that, that move, the original was so good, is because it was, uh, you know, Paul Verhoeven just knew exactly what to do with it. Yeah. And he saw the tongue in cheek humor that, that you could pull out of it. You know, it's like. Otherwise, someone like Les Wiseman, if he's going to do it, you know he's going to take it seriously. It's going to be straight laced. It's going to be fucking yeah. Here's your happy meal. Thank you for coming. Are you men or are you Martians? Shit it out in a couple of hours. <laughs> Martin Sheen, or not Martin Sheen? Michael Sheen and talks. <laughs> Say hello. <laughs> okay, well, you know, I may be on board if they cast Michael Ironside in the Ronnie Cox role. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. I, I, I was <laughs> What's the line? See you at the party, Richter. Yeah, Richter. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I want that fucker dead. I know what you mean, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a guy like Quaid porking my old lady. It's like, you saying she likes it? No, I'm sure she hated every minute of it. <laughs> I like the, the one scene in that movie that I love is when uh, Michael Ironside comes in and says, says hello to Ronnie Cox. It's like, do you know why I'm such a happy man? It's because I have the greatest job in the solar system. You know, my only fear is that one day uh, the truth will get out and all this will go away. And you're fucking making it happen. <laughs> Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox is... It's one of those guys, like, all throughout his early career, played nothing but wholesome good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing but, like, he's like the all-American dad. You know, and then suddenly, I think pretty much everything starting from... Um, Robocop. Robocop. But suddenly, he's just the most hated man in movies. <laughs> it's like, you hate this fucker. He's good at it. He's the man you love to hate. It's like, I had to kill Bob Morton because he made a mistake. Yeah, that's what you were doing. Now it's time, now it's time to erase that mistake. <laughs> I had to kill Zac Efron because he made a mistake. <laughs> now it's time to erase that mistake. Charlie St. Cloud, you piece of oh, shit. Oh, Jesus, what the fuck? 
Retarded. Speaking the, of retarded, the Comic Con um, audience when they showed the Charlie St. Cloud um, trailer, yeah, trailer yeah, Park, yeah, yeah, they went apeshit. As in, literally, they were like making monkey noises. Fuck off, Charlie St. Cloud, and they showed it twice because of the knifing or the stabbing. <laughs> we're like, not again. Fuck you. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But speaking of retarded, mm-hmm. <laughs> have you heard uh, that uh, Warner Brothers is planning um, a live-action CGI Bugs Bunny movie? Yeah, I think it's based upon the the the, the buzz they think they're getting for Yogi Bear, and the buzz I'm getting off Yogi Bear is, is that creepy it's fucking fuck. sucks, man. Yeah, it's like I, I, initially I didn't mind the idea because I thought if you can nail Yogi Bear, yeah. Yogi Bear's funny. Yeah. But Dan Aykroyd His voice is, he is stoned? so wrong It's like he's stoned He's high yeah. Or something He doesn't sound like Yogi Bear Even I have to say Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake Sounds like Boo Boo Justin Timberlake I give the guy props He sounds like Boo Boo mm. Fucking Dan Aykroyd What the fuck and, and, It sounds like Dan Aykroyd Doing an impression Of the guy who used to do the voice badly I know it's You know like, it's like it's, it's two times removed From what Yogi Bear should what do What happened to you Dan What happened to you Fuck man Couch trip <laughs> Do you remember that movie? No, I haven't seen that. Couch Trip, where uh, Dan Aykroyd plays, uh, he escapes from a men- men- mental hospital, yeah. and he assumes the role of this uh, radio psychiatrist, and uh, Charles Grodin's in it, Walter Matthau's in oh, it. Right. any good? Um, no, I don't think Charles Grodin's in it. Walter Matthau's, yeah, it's funny as fuck. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, he goes on the radio, right, and he's supposed to be helping like uh, people out with their relationships, uh, and, uh, and so like the woman, and he just goes, says to the woman, oh, well, what is this jerk's name? And the woman's like, oh, well, uh, I don't want any trouble. And it's like, all right, Marsha, here's what you do. Next time that asshole comes onto you, you grab that son of a bitch by the balls and give him a good yank. <laughs> and if that doesn't fix his little red pig of a wagon, you call me and I'll come down there and deal with that fuck. <laughs> all right, next call. <laughs> and then, like, they're all freaking out. Like, uh, Arya Gross, they're like, all these guys, in the, the, they're freaking out in the room. It's like, did Beard just say fuck? It's like, I think so. You can't say fuck on the radio. And, it's like, and, there's, and, then, this, and there's this guy with a, with a notepad. He's like, well, he said balls, asshole, son of a bitch, and finally fuck. We're working on balls. We think we can get through a son of a bitch, but there's no getting around fuck. Like the pink wagon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Some news I just saw. These fresh out, fresh out the presses. Um, Empire having their movie count in London at the moment. That's a movie convention that they put together. Yep. And uh, news out of that is that Carl Urban has been confirmed. As Judge Dredd. As Judge Dredd. This is awesome. Yeah, this is great news. Uh, there's been some really nice things about it that they've been saying about it. Like, you know, that he's not going to take the helmet off. Excellent. Which is, and they're going to make the bike look real. It was something you were saying, like, uh, we were talking earlier about, you mentioned uh, after watching Expendables, you were looking at Jason Statham, and Jason Statham had, like, the perfect chin for it. When he gets out of the plane, <laughs> yeah. forgets it later, and he has the sunglasses on, and yeah, he, yeah. he's got the chin. Yeah, he, he has does. the chin. He does. He has the, I never thought of him. Carlos as as Clara, I can never pronounce his fucking name. <laughs> that guy who does like the little he does like a cartoon outline to the yes, comics yes, and he has yes, like yes. the like circles. It must I, take I, fucking I, ages to do that. I know the guy you mean. I can't remember his His name. style of chin is Jason Statham's chin. I never ever thought of Jason Statham. Jason Statham visually would be a great choice. It's just his fucking voice. voice. <laughs> I am the law. I'm the law. I'm the law. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> no one can do it. But um Carlo might be able to do it. I mean he's shown his voice in uh, Lord of the Rings and his voice in you know his voice in Star Trek was quite affected but um, you know it, it, it seemed different from what he would normally do Carl Urban is one of those actors who so far he's, he seems to be constantly surprising me yeah. with what he does and, and also like by how well he pulls it off he's a much he's, he's good he's great in Doom he's yeah <laughs> <laughs> up until that point he was surprising <laughs> BFG big fucking gun that's what it's called I know uh, Actually, a- I like The Rock in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like The he's Rock. He's the Steven Seagal character from, like, he's like, he's kind of, n- nasty shit happens to him, isn't he? He's like the head guy yeah, yeah, all yeah, of a yeah, sudden, yeah. so, nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the only part in, uh, the, the only part in Dune that I liked 
was when Carl Urban like decides to you know like sack up and go and fight The Rock. And The Rock, like as he's running, The Rock just like clotheslines him and knocks and knocks him down. And then The Rock, as he's going for him, just goes "Semper Fi, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that part. Aside from that, the movie was shit. Nice shit. But uh, they're going to be uh, shooting in Johannesburg and being directed by Pete Travis. I don't think I've heard of him before. And they're Sounds familiar. With, they're shooting with the people who did District Nine, so that could be cool. And John Wagner is involved in every decision. Excellent. Which is very cool. Very good. Um, there was other news last week about this that um, there was an interview with Duncan Jones, I think on Latino Review or some of that. Mm-hmm. And he said he'd been given, he'd been passed the script for Judge Dredd. Excellent. Which would have been very interesting very to see if he's doing it. But he said he passed on it because he didn't want to do that script. He wanted to do his own one. And he said uh, he doesn't think he, even he could do a, a sequel because his shit was too crazy that he wanted to pull off. Mm. For those of you who uh, don't know, Duncan Jones is the director of uh, Moon uh, that starred Sam Rockwell. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's really good. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there was, that interview also gave us a little bit about the new movie he's working on called Source Code. Is this the one with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, so apparently he's a soldier who wakes up in a... He wakes up and he's in a body that's like in a... He's in someone else's body and he's at a, a train crash or something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. So, um, From this, this, this was originally a Topher Grace project. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened there. Oh, fucking assholes. <laughs> Fuck all of you! <laughs> Topher Grace is like... You know, in a strange way, I, I find the Topher Grace is the people see him similar to like Michael Sarah. You either love him or hate him. Yeah, uh, I don't know anyone that's like Michael Sarah. He's okay. Yeah, it's either like I love that guy or I fucking hate that little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, after Predators, I love that fucking bastard. I, I've all, I've been a, I've been a Topher Grace fan since that '70s show. I just thought yeah. I, his delivery in that show is insane. That was a great Even show. though Aston Kutcher was sort of like the star of that show, I thought. Like uh, Eric Foreman, really, he was the glue yeah. that held everything together. I mean, like he—it's well, Aston Kutcher was the Joey, yeah, and he was, and like he was kind of like he was the straight man, but he was—it was—it's—it it's, takes skill to make to a hold, straight yeah. man funny, yeah, because he was fucking funny. His delivery is so dry, yeah. very much like Michael Sarah's delivery. So it's you know, kind of understandable, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, did you hear that? Um, the di- Todd Phillips, the director of The Hangover in Old School, is um, looking into making a biopic of John Belushi no yeah I mean there was a there, there was a, um, a book called Wired The Short Life and Fast Times of John Belushi mm-hmm. um, that was adapted into a movie in 1989 starring uh, Michael Chiklis mm-hmm. which I uh, had not seen have no, you seen this no. and apparently the movie and the and the novel itself was uh, panned oh really yeah yeah um, but now uh, Belushi's ex-wife um Judith Belushi Pisano has written a book, wrote a book in 2005, Belushi, a biography, and uh, she's like a, on board as a producer on the film, and Todd Phillips is looking to direct. Uh, there's no one confirmed yet, but uh, Zach Galifianakis was mentioned, but uh, it's mentioned like... in relation to everything these days. You know, but, and also Jack Black, but both these guys are too old. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would go, if you really do want to make it happen, I would go for Jonah Hill. Hmm. I think Jonah Hill's he's the right age yeah, yeah. I mean Belushi was was younger than fucking Zach Galifianakis when he died yeah, yeah. you know so you need you know if you want to do it properly you should get someone younger I think Jonah Hill's the way to go yeah, Seth Rogen's name has also been men- mentioned so has <laughs> Ethan Suplee uh, but I don't Ethan know Ethan Suplee's a bit too big yeah no actually not not right now does he not I haven't seen him recently Ethan Suplee's lost a lot of weight has he, has he lost <laughs> Seth Rogen a weight um, no not, not Seth he's not superhero he, he didn't lose like superhero weight yeah yeah <laughs> Superhero weight. That's another slogan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm superhero weight. Um, did you see... Uh, you still haven't seen Black Dynamite. Oh, we did review it, didn't I? I did do a review of it. Okay. Yes, you did review it. Yeah, very good movie. And there's been talk while uh, he's promoting the UK release. It's only been released in the UK now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Jai White is revealing that he started working on a sequel. 
and he said like I got had the idea for a while and there's lots of things we didn't get a chance to do on the first one you know how Black Dynamite just grows and ridiculous well this would be a fitting sequel and it does after seeing the first movie it just gets more and more ridiculous it's great you, we still gotta watch that sometime. I mean I've, I've seen like uh, the first hour of it yeah. I think and even then I was I'm, I was completely hooked and even not seeing the whole movie I'd say yes please to a sequel yeah and it's just it's, it's cool it's getting that cult thing going where it's like some, some theatres in the US committing to showing it for an entire year Sweet, um, and there's people going, any, people any, showing up to show screenings in '70s gear, quoting lines from the movie, and it is that kind of movie that you can't. There's you a can, lot of can do one There's a lot of quote. This yeah. is a, it's a very quotable movie. <laughs> so you got to see that movie. If you haven't seen it yourselves, go watch Black Diamond. Get a copy. Uh, there's some, an old franchise is returning, but this guy I'm getting rebooted. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember um, uh, the Alex Cross movies that Morgan Freeman did? Um, was it kiss, kiss, the, kiss, kiss the, the girls, girls and along came a spider? Was it along came a spider? Yeah, along came a spider. Uh, they're looking. Ashley Judd was in one of them. Ashley Judd was in uh, Kiss the Girls yeah. and along came a spider was Monica Potter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, it was just like uh, crime drama one on one. I always remembered it because it was a, it was during that time when trailers always mentioned the character's full name. Oh yeah, you know it was like it was supposed to be another routine whatever. But to but to Detective Alex oh, Cross, Alex Cross. Yeah, yeah. it's like but for Detective John Kimball, you know, or for Detective John Hendricks, so whatever the fuck, you know, it's like why do we need to know his full name for Martin Riggs? You know, like why don't you just like go you know go total cheese and go like but for this cop, mm. <laughs> but the for- only good cop in town. <laughs> when when the streets need cleaning up, they give him the mop. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to 2011, Mob Cop, <laughs> starring Lucas Lee. <laughs> uh, but um, they're looking to reboot it, and uh, from what I can understand, Idris Elba is in talks oh. to play the role. Uh, it's uh, based on the uh, James I still Patterson watch no- the Wire, man. I haven't seen the Wire either. It's supposed to be DVD crack. Yes, I, I understand. It's like once you once you watch one episode, it's like you're hooked. Once you pop, you just can't stop. There you go. It's the <laughs> it's the Pringles of tables yeah. of, of, of cable TV. <laughs> Laced with crack. And crystal meth. Yeah. <laughs> the wire is crystal meth. <laughs> Did you watch the new one? The third one? Yeah, the third. Uh, it's like, sperm of Zeus. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, like, uh, like, you give, like, uh, power thirst to a pregnant woman. Oh, shit! There's <laughs> like a goat and shit going on. <laughs> Fucking horse. Yeah. Give it to a man and give it to a woman. Man! <laughs> If you haven't seen the Power Thirst, if you have no idea what we're talking about, look for Power Thirst on YouTube. There's a series of very, very funny videos. Yeah, it's uh, these mock commercials for uh, for like a sports drink. A ridiculous <laughs> sports drink. It makes you full of energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know, Ryan Reynolds is a huge comic book fan. Really? Yes. He's a huge comic book fan. Doing, um, you know... Um, he played Hannibal King in Blade Trinity. Played Deadpool in X Men Wolverine. Uh, he's he's Green in Lantern. The losers. He's hit. Uh, no, no, that that's losers that's, that's, Chris that's, Evans. That's Chris Evans. <laughs> uh, he's Hal Jordan in the upcoming Green Lantern movie, and which is now going to be a trilogy, apparently. They've they, already started working uh-huh. on the other two, which could spell trouble for Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he is committed to R.I.P.D. Yes. I've heard uh, this, about this. This is based on a Dark Horse comic. Uh, it's about a couple of dead cops who investigate crimes in the afterlife. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, and McGee's no longer directing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's even cooler. He's doing a ride to comedy instead. Now they're uh, looking to... Um, uh, now they're considering Robert Schwenke, the director of um, uh, Red, 
Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, also he also directed Flight Plan and The Time Traveler's Wife. Mm. I think Schwint, Schwintke, 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 Schwint. <laughs> Where? Schwintke, 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 Schwint. Oi! <laughs> but this is, I mean, I like this idea. Mm-hmm. I like this idea, and and Ryan Reynolds. You know, I like Ryan Reynolds. I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch him in anything. I even watched him in The Proposal, for fuck's sake. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On a plane. Oh, yeah, yeah. On a plane. That, you know, so that, you know, that, that's a get-out-of-jail-free card. Right yeah. And <laughs> uh, did you see the news? Like, you know, J.J. Abrams' company's called Bad Robot. But it looks like he's developing a steampunk-inspired feature, Boilerplate, which is uh, about a good robot. It's this uh, um, graphic novel that was done a couple mm-hmm, of years mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Guinan and Anina Bennett's graphic novel, and it shows the first robot. So it, it's all done. It's like the, this robot was made in 1910 or the 1800s, some of that, and it's very steampunk. It looks a little bit like the TikTok from the. Wizard I'm convinced of Oz. that J.J. Abrams has discovered the secret to cloning. Yeah. Because well, how the fuck does where does he have he the got time? It, he, he got he, he got the secret off Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> where does he get the time to do all this I fucking know. shit? You know, it's like uh, you know, I think Harris Eulin hangs out in his basement and just clones him. From multiplicity. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like. He's got like funny JJ, serious like, JJ, he's got gay, like gay JJ. JJ. <laughs> now that's a movie I'd like to see. <laughs> gay JJ. <laughs> I'd like to see JJ Abrams in a remake of Multiplicity. That could work. That could work. And, and it's like it's the real JJ Abrams. So it's like the gay JJ Abrams is the one that did fucking Felicity. Uh, Felicity. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the, 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 the sort of like hardcore manly guy is the guy that did fucking. You know, like Lost or uh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. <laughs> the geek did Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> the geek's the only one actually wears glasses. The rest of them don't really need them. I know, I know, I know. It's like so. But what, why should I do all this? What do I get out of it? Time. <laughs> Quaid. Quaid. Uh, doing that. Have you? Um, I don't, I've only seen trailers of these things. I'm actually interested in seeing some of them. But like, I mean, someone's putting something in the water at the Sci-Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. Their original movies. Yep. We've seen one of them, which was Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, uh-huh. which had one moment of brilliance and and the and, rest and, and, and eighty and minutes, of minutes of shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they're now doing. I mean, there's been a trailer for a while ago. I think it was Roger Corman did Sharktopus. Yeah. That looks fucking funny. I I, I posted that on Twitter. Yeah. It just looks hilarious. Yeah. And it's done like an old '60s Roger Corman yeah, yeah, trailer. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that has Robert the shark saunters. Yeah, <laughs> saunters onto the fucking shore. <laughs> but now they're doing swamp shark, which is a kind of a, it's like a shark and camo. <laughs> and the, but it's like you got Robert Davi, Kirsty Swanson, DB Sweeney's in it. DB Sweeney. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So and uh, the, the, the the website I saw it on, they had a lot. What of, happened? There's to you, a lot Sweeney? of there's a lot of Jaws shoutouts in this little tra- even just in this trailer. Just like you know, they're in the, they're in the the moon pool, not the moon pool. The shallow pool, you know, where the kids are at the, at the end yeah, of the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, jaws, yeah. and there's just loads and lo- like someone's chumming at one point, so but it's like it's in the bayou instead <laughs> of like out at sea, and instead of being on like Quint's boat, they're on like you know one of those propeller boats. <laughs> Fuck. So it's just it looks like shots. It's just like it's it's jaws in the swamp. What happened, you DB Sweeney? Mm. You used to you know you used to be in the cutting edge. <laughs> what was it cutting edge? That ice yeah. skating. Yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That ice hockey movie with t- Moira Kelly. He turned up in Leverage recently as well. He was kind of cool with yeah. um, Timothy Hutton. With Timothy Hutton, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they've uh, also there's also you know so Shark Shark has the only big name in that was Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts, <laughs> Shark and the and the Expendables. It's a good year for him. It's a good year, dude. What the fuck? And then there was also Mega Python versus Gatoroid, which I, was uh, Debbie Gibson and Tiff- Tiffany with Mickey Dolan's playing himself. Shit. The Debbie Gibson is co-starring with Tiffany. Yeah. Did you not see the the, the clip online? No. 
search out this clip it's where the two of them get into a cat fight Oh, really? And they like they literally start throwing pies at each other, and then they're rolling around. It's at this big function, and they're, they're throwing cake at each other. They're pulling each other's hair. Awesome cat fight, and they roll off the edge of the wherever the fuck they are into a, into a river and shit like that. Yeah. And they, they stop fighting for a second, and it's all quiet. And Debbie gets up and goes, "I think we're alone now." <laughs> oh shit! Fuck. So it looks like I don't know. They're insane over there. They just lost the plot. I just they're just churning out these fucking terrible movies. My god! But I do want to see that one. What, the one with Debbie Gibson and Tiffany? Yeah. It's like, so do I. <laughs> uh, does, does Tiffany, you think Tiffany gets her tits out, like in Playboy? Who knows? Remember she did that Playboy spread? Mm. Awesome! Speaking of awesome, uh, did you hear about uh, Edgar, Wright, Edgar Wright talking about the Ant-Man movie? How, I just saw something on it, but I didn't quite get to the details. Uh, he said that he's working on the second draft. Uh, that the char- He confirmed that the character will not be part of the Avengers. Oh, okay. Um, but he also said, um, this is a, an interview in Vanity Fair, that... Uh, the, 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 the Ant-Man movies it's like a sci-fi heist movie yeah did you read that? like Inception? <laughs> something like that it's like you know it's, it's, it's like you know it, it, what he said and I quote I think it'll be great to do a shrinking film about a badass secret agent it's essentially a high-tech spy heist film with somebody with a very particular power hmm. and that could be cool yeah that could be very cool I mean no that was Ray Palmer that was the Adam I'm thinking of. if it was anyone else other than Edgar Wright I might get a bit nervous yeah but you know like Edgar Wright can do no wrong do whatever you want man that's another slogan for t-shirt Edgar Wright can do no wrong Edgar Wright can <laughs> do sorts whatever. it out <laughs> Edgar Wright can do whatever the fuck he wants yeah <laughs> um, slightly relate to what we do normally but um, I don't know if you've seen this I've you know, seen it it's, it's fucking ugly Weezer's <laughs> album cover Weezer's album cover like they, they usually this probably won't be one of the good albums because the good albums usually just have them from like the standing up like there's the blue album and the green album and yeah, they yeah. did a red album as well those are great albums yep. the Pinkerton's okay but some of the other ones are not great but they have a song called Hurley on their new album so they just put a picture of George Garcia from Lost on the cover <laughs> no name or anything just him smiling I know and it's horrible <laughs> it looks like a Wookiee it's fucking horrible dude it's like what the fuck <laughs> It's gonna fly off the shelves. <laughs> I want, I want to burn it. I just want to. I mean, and I don't mean like burn it. I mean like throw it, throw into a fire. Yeah. <laughs> you don't mean rip it. Did you hear that Michael Bean passed out during uh, during filming? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was making this movie called The Victim, and he was filming a scene which required uh, his character to be choked by a crooked cop. Right? Oh fuck! And uh, does he talk like this now? And Michael Bean went against stunt coordinator's advice. And told the guy to use a real chokehold and actually try to cut off his air supply fuck. to make it more real. <laughs> Unfortunately, he passed the fuck out. He waited too long to give the stop signal, <laughs> and he passed the fuck out. Jesus. And there's actually a video of this on uh, worst pre- on worst preview. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They haven't followed since passing out. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Well, this is gonna be great radio. Well, you know, I mean, it's like he's being choked. Get to hear this guy choked. Look, Michael Bean. Michael Bean is now being choked. Actually, no. Now he's being choked. Now he's being choked. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's down. <laughs> he's down. Oh, shit. Cut. <laughs> he's just sitting there, for those of you who can't see at home. He's just sitting there with his hands out in front of him like Quatu. <laughs> Go see this, it's pretty good. He does give him a tap, you see, there was a tap, yeah, and yeah, yeah. tap, fade away. Uh, uh, fucking idiot. <laughs> One last bit of news I saw this morning as well. I didn't, I, 
think I remember hearing about this a while ago, but um, they're making a movie that the trailer for Freakonomics is out. I didn't know they were making a movie of Freakonomics. It's like they're making movies out of things you wouldn't expect to make movies out of at I all. I know, I know, I heard um, about this. So I mean, Freakonomics. It's like they made what was it? They made a while ago. They made Fast Food Nation, which is mm-hmm. not. They made a, a they made a narrative around types of stories in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do Freakonomics. It's just. I mean, is it going to be a documentary or what the fuck? It's just weird. Me neither. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is kind of an interesting idea, though. It'd be interesting to see how they do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a little a little humble pie story here. Uh, in back in, in I think it was earlier in the year, Jean Claude Van Damme had revealed that he was offered a role in The Expendables. Yeah. But because he's retarded, he said no. <laughs> Uh, but apparently now he is surprise surprise regretting his decision uh, <laughs> no fucking shit just thought uh, Stallone mentioned like during the Expendables premiere Stallone said and I quote Van Damme was a little busy to be in the movie but I talked to him yesterday I said I told you and he goes I know I know <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make some bank <laughs> and you know this could be good news because uh, there is al- there is already plans for a sequel. Great, and maybe Van Damme might uh, come on board this time around. Which would be cool. Go for Chuck Norris. Fuck yeah, Chuck Norris. If you can if you can get like Van Damme and Chuck Norris in the Expendables too, I don't care how retarded it is, I'll fucking watch it. Because I would. Expendables is one of those movies that like, especially after having seen it, a sequel could be completely retarded. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I just want to mention this as well because it's fucking stupid. Um, you know, Madonna has now launched a clothesline called Material Girl. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's not betraying everything she was when she was younger. I don't know what is. Yep. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> so fucking stupid. And there's also something about... I fucking hate the, the fuckers movies. I just really cannot stand them. Yeah, I can't stand them either. And, is, this, uh, is this about uh, how they, they were trying to get Dustin Hoffman back they, in? They might get him back in. They're doing some reshoots and they might put him in. Because test screenings apparently aren't going through the roof. Really didn't hear that. That's what I heard is that they were bringing him in to do some to do reshoots because test screenings weren't good. Wow! But uh, you know, it's like how can you miss with that movie? I mean, it's like, I mean, I personally I think the movies are shit. But it's like how difficult can they possibly be to execute? Yeah. You know, I mean, like the the second one and the first one they weren't very different. Yeah. So it's like why 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 would why would people suddenly have an issue with it? I mean, well, I mean, when I saw the trailer a while ago, we mentioned that uh, you know I think it looks like you know um, what's his name. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller's character grows some fucking balls in this one. Yeah, yeah, it looks like. Oh, but you have to. I mean, you can't just keep fucking playing it like the way he's been playing it in the last two. Otherwise, it's just fucking annoying. You come well, it was, across, fu- like, it was fucking annoying. It was fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate those fucking movies. Those fucking terrible fucking fuckers. <sighs> it's such a it's such a one trick pony. Oh, I can't wait to see those little fuckers. Fuck off. <clears throat> I'm totally over it. I, I was over it five minutes into the first movie. Yeah. Reviews. Right now, we start with expendables. We lead up to the expendables. We lead up to the expendables. All right. All right. So last week we drew straws, and I got the shorter, slightly shorter straw. There were two short straws anyway. Yes. And uh, I went to see the last Airbender. And how was it? Okay, is it the piece of shit that everyone's been making it out to be? No, it's not. It's not. But I mean, it, I think you can lump it in with the Golden Compass as a wasted opportunity. Yeah, I think that much is uh, that much. You can't really argue with that. It is definitely a wasted opportunity, especially considering just how far the mythology of this, of this animated series goes. And I think that's one thing that is very... For those of you who don't know, this story is set in a world where there's all sorts of benders. Um, airbenders, earthbenders, firebenders, waterbenders. And all the uh, elements. All the elements. <laughs> Power thirst benders! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> so, all these different types of benders, anyway. I just, I'll You're just, they're just going to be... 
saying benders throughout the entire time. Yeah. So like the lead actor, he's the worst bender of them all. <laughs> he's, he's a huge bender. The villain, what a bender this guy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a total he's bender. Total bender. <laughs> but I mean, the the, the mythology hangs very heavily on this. So there's four nations, although the air. Meanwhile, Jodie Foster Foster's trying to get Mel Gibson's Beaver released. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Milk. It's the Bender Beaver axis of evil. Um, <laughs> so these four nations, and they used to be kept in check by the Avatar, who could bend in all the elements. <laughs> he was the only Bender who could bend all the elements, because <laughs> other people can only bend one element at a time. <laughs> so he's a Bender. So the the the, the last bend air. Uh, <laughs> Bend. <laughs> it doesn't make sense anymore. I've said it so often. The last Airbender. Yes. The last Airbender has you know the, the Avatar has disappeared for hundred years and it's, it's a reincarnation. There's a whole lot of weird spirituality going on in this movie as well. So yes. there is, which I never got from the character. I never saw that much of it. And um, so the the Avatar is re- reincarnated every every time he dies and he switches between nations each time and then learns the skills and brings balance to the force. Yes. Um, but there's been no bender for a while. Uh, <laughs> Avatar for a while. There's been, no, there's been no airbending for quite some time. Yes, airbending is out. Right. Firebending is in. in. There you go. <laughs> so let me get this straight. It's okay to firebend. Yes. You cannot airbend. Exactly. Until uh, now. So yeah, Cliff, Cliff Curtis, I think, is, is, Curtis, is, is yes. the Fire Lord Ozga. Uh-huh. Ozai, sorry. And like, so he's totally, like the firebending nation have um, these massive machines. All very, and the design of those is quite cool. Yeah. These kind of, because they're firebenders, obviously, it's all steampunk kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they have giant dragons, then like, you know, they'll, set, they'll fire a catapult to f- flame at something and then use the flame to fight people with. Right. Which is cool. Um, but they're running out of control. He's killed off all the uh, airbenders until these two people from, the, these two charismaless fucking teenagers find this kid. Entombed in the ice, who thinks he's been gone for like a day, but turns out he's been missing for a hundred years, and he is the last airbender. So he can only bend air. So he's got to learn. It's the hero's journey. He's got to learn all the other elements. So Technically, can, anyone can bend air. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. I just bent the air. So, did you see it bend? Yeah, <laughs> it's totally bent. The air in here is totally bent, people. So you know, he's got to he's got to learn his skills. He's got to ferment rebellion against the um, airbender uh, firebenders. They run across a group of earthbenders and he gives them the, the, the big rousing speech, but it's like, There is dirt under your feet! There is earth here! And they're like, Earthbenders, what has become of you? And it's like, Oh, oh yeah, hey, look, dirt! We can bend this shit! And they, that was it, that's the rebellion. That, they fucking start. So I think the series, there's a whole, probably half a series of the show getting from the south to the north of the islands. Uh-huh. And that goes by in about 20 minutes in this. Uh, terrible fucking montage. Um, he go, goes to the northern mortar tribe to learn how to do shit also his story is completely fucking spelt out A to Z what you're doing all this kind of crap this would be the last airbender yeah Aang yes. uh, played by No Ringer and he has his, his very his, his, act, his acting bending it's very some of it he just looks like you know he's just being fucking put in the corner for stealing sweets and the other parts he's like you know he's actually badass badass yeah. um, but his story is just like it's like vanilla what kind of brings that into relief is the fact that you've got Dev Patel and uh, Sean Tobe. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of their story is told in a clever way. They just kind of turn up, and you find out why Dev Patel's got a bit of a scar and why the two of them are out on their own, away from the rest of the Fire Nation, and what they're after. In a very nice way, that story unfolds so much better. I would rather watch the Exile Firebender rather than the Last Airbender. His story. I mean, they have said that you know everyone acts like shit in this, but I think those two, Uncle Iroh especially. I mean, um, Sean Tobe. He's great. I mean, the thing that that actually kind of surprised me, like, um, 
the fact that the acting was so, has been you know like a, so bad yeah. because M Night Shyamalan normally gets pretty decent performances from his actors, especially yeah. kids. Yeah, you know like uh, like Haley Joel Osment, uh, Bruce Willis' son in yeah. Unbreakable, uh, fucking the you know like uh, the little the, the little Culkin kid in Signs. I yeah. mean, he normally gets pretty good yeah. child performances. So these are child, these are teens. Though, that's the problem. So Katara is played by Nicola Peltz. I've had to look up her fucking name because it's not said in the movie that often. And her brother uh, Jackson Rathbone plays Sokka. The two of that, he's just angry. You know, there's there's so much more. You can feel there's so much more missing. Yeah. To build up these characters. Like, yeah. And there's so much they could have edited down a lot of the bending. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, too much. The, 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 the too warm much. up, the warm up before the air moves or the fire jumps out of the fireplace. Uh-huh. You, if you did every time they do that, if you cut out those thirty seconds, you'd have enough time to show more of the story. So basically, it you need you need less bending lead up. Yes, and just more stru- stru- full on bending. Full on bending straight away. Yeah, <laughs> you got to go full bending on this, right? <laughs> less, ah. less foreplay, more action. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> but okay, what? what cause, like another, another another thing that this movie came under fire with was the whole sort of uh, racist attack. Yeah, and there is a, there is that too. That I mean, all the nations are pretty diverse, apart from the Fire Nation, who are all Indian. <laughs> I mean, you have uh, Dev Patel, you have Sean Toob, you know, Middle Eastern Indian guys. So basically, uh, everyone. Curtis and Asif Manvi. Asif Manvi been before. So basically, everyone's white except the villains. Yeah, <laughs> they're all Indian. But Asif Manvi, he was in um, King of the Hill. Fuck, he's in King of the Hill. He's been in loads of things. Jericho. He was in ER. I've seen him in other things, but he's. I mean, he's good. He's got a like. He's he's a mid level boss. Right. Um, he gets a nice send off. <laughs> that the, the, the tone is weird as well. It's like you know they are setting, they are throwing fire and rocks and water at each other and drowning people and shit. But that's kind of played out. There's a, I thought that the end scene was quite nice. There's a big climactic battle. There is, uh, but it is very much setting it up for the next one, and can, it's just ticking boxes basically. Can uh, M Night Shyamalan direct action? A bit. There's one scene that I've been. I, I scoured the internet for this because uh, I could have sworn one of the trailers. The show's like Ang fighting a guy and he's like slides underneath them and then he like jumps over somebody mm-hmm. and freezes them into a kind of pyramid of ice as he's doing so because mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. learned waterbending at this point mm-hmm. um, and I could have sworn that was all like a long shot but um, there's those stupid digital zooms aka right. like, like 300 kind of things yeah, 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 yeah. that fuck those shots up a, a bit right. and there's also this thing with the blue spirit uh, his character turns up at one point and there's a big fuck off fight there mm-hmm. and um, that is there's a lot of one take big long action things which I think is Shyamalan trying to prove that he can do this stuff but also he can do it in long takes yeah um, that slightly falls down when for part of that take uh, Aang's face is it's obviously not him right. it's, a blue, it's a blue mask right, and right, they put right. his face onto it right. and also when they're fighting it's speeding up and slowing down right. but when it slows down the actors when they were acting the scene also slowed down slightly as well so it's like you know the two of them are fighting back to back and then the big guy turns around puts his swords at a cross and then the fire hits off it yep. um, but that looks like even in slow-mo like the, the, the screen slows down at that point if they showed it normally it would look like slow-mo here right. it just looks like posed right. they hold it right. for just too long so it looks like this is all being worked out in advance it doesn't feel it doesn't have that feel of you know they're actually fighting yeah. it feels like dance right right I see, I see. Um, but there's some cool stuff with you know Ang has his staff which when he clicks it it's like a little kite thing comes out of it because mm-hmm. he can mm-hmm. make the wind blow and fly <laughs> and uh, he has this big appa who I think they're probably bigger characters in the, in the show it does have a weird looking face Right. Um, they didn't nail the face on it. It's this big six-legged ox thing that they fly around. Yeah, on. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that's kind of cool, but it's just kind of like nah, he doesn't get to do much. You know what I mean? It's just it, it's it's too much. 
they probably should have done book two they should have probably you know done more of them wandering around or pushed it out into the next movie or just cut out the bending there's just a lot of it is just like why are we doing this and there's also dragons <laughs> there's a dragon turns up somewhere he's the one of the spirits that yeah. Ang go every time Ang has a fucking vision quest I swear to god I want to slap that kid he's just like oh where am I and it's like you've been here three times before already <laughs> you meditated specifically to come here why do you look so lost <laughs> Why don't you just appear in the cave instead of showing... Again, cut out the walk up to the cave. You've got another... <laughs> throughout the movie, you've got a good three minutes to play around with exposition. Oh, God. So, yeah, I mean, but it's just... It's annoying. I mean, there, it, it, it's one of those things where you can see glimmers of what it could be. Yeah. And that kind of is more frustrating than yeah. if it was just flat-out terrible. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. So, is, you know, like, uh, is it even a rental? Is it something that should be seen as, like, a curious failure? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, you... there's a good thing with the fight scenes as well, where when there's a lot of people fighting, uh-huh. you look in the background very closely. There's a couple of guys waving their arms. They're not fighting anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so he's very good at, cl- at directing, like you know, fr- front level to mid level, mid stage, but yeah. backstage, no. <laughs> they all look like Malaysian rockers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Help! I'm over here. They're bending, but there's no fire. Maybe someone thought that hey, if I bend, they'll put some fire and water around. For all, for all you know, like they're probably in the back and they're probably like screaming out, like, "Are you rolling?" <laughs> they are pretty far away. <laughs> is this a take? Are we starting now? <laughs> is this a rehearsal? <laughs> <laughs> Get me out of here! But it does. It does have a nice wide epic feel to it. It's just that it's the wrong parts of the epic, right? So yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. What I thought, I wouldn't recommend watching that. Actually. I just wouldn't. It is one of those movies that I would still like to see. Yeah. You know, I mean, when a movie gets the, you know when when a movie gets that torn apart by critics. I, I, it just makes me want to see it more. They are making the second one though, right? Are they? I think so. I think it's like it's made enough money off the stupid fans went first week to maybe cover it. I don't know. I mean, like, domestic, I think it took in maybe 110, 115 million. International, mm. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it might be... It'd be inter- if they do do a sequel, it'd be, it'd be interesting to watch this going into the sequel if, it, if the sequel's any good. But if it's as bad as... There's no body rash. Right. I also want to make a little point about uh, I can't find the card Youth and Revolt. Okay, yes. Uh, I want to add to Gavin's review of that in that it is amazing. It is really a very funny great movie. movie. Very, very funny. Michael Sarah invents... It's, it's Fight Club for Teenagers. <laughs> That's the review? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And the, this, the lovely flourish is very, very funny. Just totally unexpected little bits throughout. And it's just a great movie. It, it is a movie that uh, I would like to see again, actually. Because I haven't seen it since since the first time when I reviewed it. And I think after, it is worth... I think you can rewatch that. I think that was something you can watch over and over again. Well, enough time has gone by. Yeah. You know, it's been a while since I saw it. My review was quite some time ago. Yeah. And Michael Sarah does... I think you just mentioned in your review... He shows he can act because he's playing two versions of the character, yeah. and it's very, very cool. The one thing about my review that that I remember the most is the fact that with uh, Michael Sarah's um, alternate uh, alter ego, Francois, Francois Dillinger, Dillinger. <laughs> uh, Michael Sarah proves that he can do a different cadence. Yes, because um, that I, that's something that he's always come under a lot of fire. Because he's a, he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, and it's he's great. a huge dick. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fucking asshole. He's a Steve Austin-sized <laughs> cock. <laughs> which we will we'll, uh, get to that in a minute. Um, I went to see The Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh-huh. uh, which was the the latest uh, collaboration between uh, Nicolas Cage, Jerry Bruckheimer Films, and John Turtletop. This is the same team that brought you the uh, National Treasure movies. Mm. So that should give you an idea of what to expect with this film. This film is like, okay, the story is like, it goes back to the time of Merlin. Uh-huh. And Merlin had three students. Uh, one of them was... Uh, I was going to say Stooges. 
<laughs> like he had, yeah, wise guy. He had three. He had like three apprentices. One was Balthazar Blake, played by Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. This other chick, Veronica, played by Monica Bellucci. Um, and uh, this other guy, uh, Horvath, played by Alfred Molina. Cool. And um, and Alfred and Alfred Molina, like sort of, he turned. He was pissed off because you know, like uh, Monica Bellucci didn't want him, wanted Nicolas Cage, and all that nonsense. Yeah. And so he teams up with this uh, chick, uh, Morgana Le Fay. Uh, played by Alice Cringe. I've seen her in stuff. She always plays like horrible bitch. Hmm. Uh, Krieger. Hmm? Krieger. Yeah, yeah Cringe. Cringe. <laughs> Krieger, sorry. Wasn't, not Ale- She's not the one from First Contact. Did she start her First Contact? She might be, dude. The Borg Queen? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. She's South African. She's, a, she's <laughs> an evil looking bitch. <laughs> and so they team up. Uh, she teams up with Morgana and then they have this fucking thing. There's a fight and then Something Monica Bellucci gets trapped inside those little uh, dolls, you know, like one doll over the other doll. Mm-hmm. What, what do you call those dolls? Babushka dolls, I think. Something like that. And it's like, so yeah, they all get trapped inside the, inside these little dolls. Nicholas Cage traps him, uh, traps Alfred Molina as well, and then Nicholas Cage has to just uh, go in search of the the the, uh, the, the true Merlinian. <laughs> Are you getting an idea? Did they say that? Yes. They actually, the true Merlinian. They actually say that. Fuck. The true Merlinian, who uh, we later discover is Jay Baruchel. Right. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so, and so, uh, Mer- see that coming. Merlin basically, like, casts a spell on Nicolas Cage that um, he will not age, he will live as long as he needs to live before he finds the true Merlinian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and so that's how it comes to modern day, yeah. modern day New York City. And um, it's, Okay. Does he meet Jay Baruchel? He meets Jay Baruchel when um, Jay Baruchel is actually a small kid, uh-huh. and um, <clears throat> like uh, the, the, mo- the movie like uh, starts where Jay Baruchel he's like, does he show him like four objects, or and he has to pick the ones he had as a kid? No, 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 nothing like that. He's like, he do that in the Airbender. <laughs> it's like he's twelve years old. You kind of get the impression that he's kind of cool. He's, he's he's you know he's an all right kid and everything. Mm-hmm. He's got a sense of humor, and he's going on a school. He's going on a field trip. And uh, he passes this girl a note, like you know, like a uh, multiple choice. What do you want to? You want to be my A friend or B boyfriend? Please tick. And she ticks it and leaves it there for him. And the wind blows it off. Uh-huh. And so he's running, 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 running. And then, and then the it, the, uh, the the note takes him to this old antique shop, which is run by Nicolas Cage's character. Uh-huh. And that's how he meets. And him. that's where the book, the Neverending Story, is. Yeah. <laughs> so far, so predictable. Yeah. Does he, does he end up in a dumpster at any point? I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. No, I don't think so. But uh, and then so like and, and then after that, there's this dragon ring where you can that uh, the, 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 the this fucking dragon ring will reveal it like uh, that uh, it will reveal the true Merlinian to Nicholas <laughs> to Nicholas Cage. And then Nicholas Cage realizes the true Merlinian. He's like, oh fuck! But in the meantime, a fight breaks out because this kid finds these fucking dolls and lets one of the lets Alfred. Let's one of the well, let's Alfred Molina out. Yeah. So this huge fuck off fight. You don't let Alfred Molina out. You don't let Alfred Molina out. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. Haven't yeah. you seen fucking Spider Man too? <laughs> don't you know he's up to no good? Uh, Once he's out, can I get him back in the box? So he lets Alfred Molina out. Nicholas Cage and him have this big fuck off fight, and Nicholas Cage does what Monica Bellucci's character did, and the only way it is is to suck them both into this into this little uh, in, into this um, sort of like a vase. Like Chinese vase. There's a lot of pottery in this movie. Yeah, it's a lot of pottery, <laughs> and it's like the uh, the law says that once you are trapped in here, you are trapped in here for ten years. Uh-huh. So hence, ten years later, this kid is now Jay Baruchel. Okay. And Alfred Molina and uh, Nicholas Cage come out to resume their fight and to look for these dolls so they, so they can release Morgana, and so Nicholas Cage can find the true Millennium and train him because only the true Millennium can defeat Morgana and bring balance to the force. There you go. <laughs> There's a bit of theme in the movie. There this you week. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's essentially the movie. Is okay. Is it good? No. 
No. <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's a very good movie. It's fun, yeah. but it's completely forgettable fun. Yeah. It's like you know, I'm watching the movie and I'm not bored. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of the some of the um, the sequences are actually quite exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, you you all you never at any point feel like you're watching something you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everything feels very. You know, it's like I've seen this. I've seen this before. And the mop like, scene. The mop. <laughs> the what? The mop. There's a mop scene, right? Yes, there is. There is a mop scene. Uh, it's uh, it's bleh. Yeah, it's bleh. You know, and and a big problem is Jay Baruchel is fucking annoying in yeah. this movie. It's his voice, dude. His Brooklyn accent. After a while, it's like, oh, I'm a loser. Oh, I can't. What am I gonna do? No. And you know that works in small doses, but not when he's the main. When he's not playing such a loser and he has that voice, it's kind of endearing. Yeah. But when he is playing someone who really is like, oh god, you are really are a waste of space. Yeah. You know, and even when he's doing magic and shit, he looks uncomfortable in action sequences. His bending's not good. He, yeah, he can't bend properly. <laughs> he can't bend properly, dude. But no, but it's weird. Like when during the action sequences, he looks out of place. Yeah. So like when he's doing all these spells. I mean, I know that the character is supposed to be just learning, and so things are freaking him out. Yeah. But he looks uncomfortable. Whereas Nicolas Cage is having a ball. Yeah. You know, Nicolas Cage is like, you know, I'm doing magic. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, there is one bit where uh, Nicolas Cage now is like, he's gone to a point where you've you've seen so many of these types of Nicolas Cage performances. Where he's just having a fucking where, laugh. He, where he's just having a laugh, and he does. He has these little bursts of overacting that are completely self-conscious. You know, it's like when he meets him as a kid, right? Nicholas Cage just goes up to him and is like uh, something along the lines of like um, well how did you find your way here Dave and he's like how do you know my name because I can read minds <laughs> actually no your, your name tag <laughs> but it's those Nicholas, it's those Nicholas Cage manisms <laughs> that, that are always good value and I mean and that's another thing with this movie is that the acting for the most part is fine everyone's solid oh wow Alfred Molina is having fun you can tell everyone's having fun you can, is Alfred Molina, Molina a good buddy <laughs> it's it's Alfred Molina. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is one nice sort of um, uh, character that I liked, which is uh, this guy Drake Stone, played by Toby Kebbell. He was in um, Drake Stone. <laughs> Drake Stone. He was in. Um, He's not the true Molina. He was he was he was the cr- the young crazy like uh, motherfucker in um, Rock and Roller. Oh. The guy who the guy who always had a shirt off who was like you know at the beginning at the beginning yeah. That's all, all I watched that movie. <laughs> But uh, his character is another sort of like magician from the ages who has basically given up on this whole true millennium bullshit and all that, and now he's like a David Copperfield type of guy. Oh, right. So he's making money off of it, and Alfred Molina is just disgusted with him. It's <laughs> like he, so, but he, Alfred, he enlists his help. Like, you got to help me get this guy. And, and, and Alfred Molina's just like, well, what are you doing? Oh, this is not what we're, what we're about. And he's like, but what, what, you know, what are you expecting me to do? <laughs> Nothing's been happening for hundreds of years. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make a living. Pretty much. And he's making a really good living. It's like he's, he's like David Copperfield. Yeah. And I liked that. But again, that was an idea. They didn't really take it very far. Yeah. You know, but, and I liked that character. I mean, I, all of those characters kind of had potential to be a lot more fun than they actually were. Mm. And the script kind of hampers them down. There's nothing, there's nothing really original in the script. You know, and nothing that really sort of grabs you. But like I said, you're, you're never bored. Yeah. But as soon as the movie was over, I walked out and like, what, what did we just say? Oh yeah, Sorcerer's Apprentice. It is very forgettable in yeah. that regard. And and also again, uh, I'd kind of forgotten that scene last Airbender. Though. Yeah, and like you were saying, like last Airbender, it's a, kind of a wasted opportunity. And so is this because there are places where you could see it could have been cool. Yeah. You know, like when like in the trailer, the trailer had a lot of promise. It yeah. looked very fun. 
And that whole bit, that bit that I liked in the trailer, where it's like, "Are you, are you, are you insane?" And Nicolas Cage does that little hand gesture, is like a little bit. Yeah. That was funnier in the trailer than it was in, in the movie. Oh right. Because when they did it in the movie, they accompanied it with this stupid comedic musical beat, <laughs> something like that. And it just like, oh, we know this is funny. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like rather than playing it like a character bit, like they did in the trailer. Yeah. What but, is it you can't face? <laughs> what is it you can't face? Yeah. <laughs> What did you just call me? <laughs> what is it you can't face? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and also there's this, like, fucking obligatory love interest, Teresa Palmer, uh, that, uh, you know, like, the chick that, from the note in the beginning. Yeah. And, like, she's grown up now. And it's like, never in a million years would she date this guy. She's out of his league. She's, she's totally out of his league. <laughs> she's totally out of his league. And it's like, never. You know, like, there's this bit where, like, because she, she's a DJ, like, a college DJ and shit. And, like, the DJs are hot. Like, yeah, and the power goes out. And, Criminals like, are hot. There you go. The power goes out, and like Jay Bruchel, he's like a chem- 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 you know, like a genius when it comes to this kind of shit. So he hooks up the power, he hooks the power back on, and like because of that, it's like she's all doe-eyed and like bullshit. Yeah. In real life, she'll be like, "Thank you, bye bye." Get the fuck out. <laughs> I got a show to do. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's. I would say like you know if you want to use this as a rental, fucking Saturday afternoon, you know, you know, you won't you won't hate yourself for it. Huh. But aside from that, nothing yeah. nothing really to shout about. Cool. A, you know, a speed bump on the uh, on the road to the Expendables. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas, so Nicholas Cage is going to have to do better than, better than that. Yeah. So then get to the main main deal. Yeah. This week, both of us independently just got tickets to see the Expendables on opening day. For those of you who have been living under a rock, <laughs> how's it going under there? Is yeah. uh, the Expendables boasts the most impressive action cast lineup ever? Ever, yeah. Ever. It is the '80s action Avengers. It is, and uh, and it is as you say the best '80s action movie of 2010. Of 2010. Uh, for those of you, I mean, like the young, I can imagine the younger set going to see this and maybe not liking it as much mm-hmm, because they don't know because the style in which it's done is very. It much is 18. A, it is. Yeah. It is very much a throwback to yeah. uh, to the kind of movies that all of the most of these guys became famous doing. Yeah, yeah. And in that regard, it is it is sweet, Cobra, sweet nostalgia. Commando. Yeah, you know. What else? Uh, Showdown Little Tokyo. You know, like... <laughs> but anyway, it is basically... The plot couldn't be simpler. Group of mercenaries get hired by uh, the FBI to take to CIA. take down the CIA. To the take agency, not the... The agency. Bureau. Get hired, by the, get hired by the agency to take down a ruthless dictator. When they get there, they realize that the dictator isn't necessarily the problem, but... He's not such a dick. It's he's more... Not, yeah, it's more he's the... He's more potato. It's more... He's, yeah, he's it's, quite potato-like. It's more the uh, it's more the Americans that are sort of puppet-mastering him. Yeah, ex-CIA agents. Gone rogue! <laughs> and and uh, these Americans are, play, are led by Eric Roberts, who's always, always good fun, and Randy Couture... And, uh, Steve, and, Austin. and Steve Austin. Who's the other guy? Because there's a third guy. Oh, is he the Brit? Yeah, yeah, he's the Brit. Yeah, Gary Daniels. Because he has, like, very little time. I know. And he's a a mid-level boss. And he's got a beautiful exit. Mm. (laughs) Oh. Oh, shit. This is a movie where it's okay. The audience I saw it with, everyone was, like, laughing away, getting into the movie, and then, like, ooh, ooh. This is the kind of movie where the violence is so extreme, you laugh. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> because seeing people get blown up and blown up into smithereens has never been more hilarious. Yeah, first, first of all, we should say that this movie is balls to the wall fun. Yes, 
This is a great, fun movie. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I had issues with it. I think I had more issues with it than you did. Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned the, the opening. I was just annoyed at the beginning where they had like the nice shot of the petrol tank and it said expendable. I thought, there's the title credit. And then they had the title credit and saying, the expendables. Was like, yeah. And it did go on a bit long, that opening scene. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you see them, them doing their day job, you know, fighting pirates and then getting another job and hanging out together and just... Before we uh, before we go any further, we should uh, we should probably uh, mention the cast list. Yes, the the Expendables is a group of mercenaries led by Barney Ross, played by Sylvester Stallone, with his second in command Lee Christmas, played Jason by Statham. Jason Statham, and Ying Yang. <laughs> oh shit, his name's Ying Yang. I thought it was just Yang. I just no, heard Yang in the fucking movie. His name Jet Li is his name is actually Ying, Ying Yang. Yang. That should give you an idea of the kind of movie <laughs> this is. Dolph Lundgren is Gunner. James exactly. Uh, Randy Couture is Tall Road. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Austin is pain. What's that? Terry, Terry Crews is Hail Caesar. I didn't get that either. I didn't know it was Hail, Hail Caesar. What the fuck? <laughs> Mickey Rourke is Tool. <laughs> and Hank Moss is Paul. No, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, those names are fucking ridiculous. I know. A, I mean, if you just look at the characters' names, that in itself is a review of this movie yeah so it's like if you look at these names and think to yourself it's fucking retarded then you will probably think this movie is retarded but it is it's good it is but it's retarded but in the in, the, in such a glorious in the best way. possible way <laughs> uh, but I mean my, my whole thing with it is that like okay first of all it's great to see these guys on screen together yeah and it does take a while to get over the fact that, these, that all these guys are on screen together. If uh, Stallone had got his wish and actually managed to get Chuck Norris and Jean-Claude Van Damme in this movie, I think I might have actually passed out. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would have been sheer awesome. That would have been too much. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You know, like, uh, suddenly, even Don the Dragon Wilson turns up. You know, it's like, fuck. <laughs> Mark Dacascos, oh, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> the ghost of Brandon Lee. What the fuck? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that, that in itself takes away so much of the possibility of being bored yeah just seeing these guys on screen you know um, and then of course we've got the cameo from the governor and uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis yeah Arnold the, the, the much talked about scene between Sylvester Stallone Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis does not disappoint I had heard online some people giving out about it saying it was a bit flat but I loved it oh, I loved right. it I loved it my I only complaint it. was that it did look like it was two shots one of which was Bruce Willis on his own the whole time yeah. I, I need to watch it again to see if that actually holds true because it looks like there's a lot of close-ups of Bruce Willis and then there's long shots of Sylvester Stallone and Arnie and it is the way they're standing as well but yeah. you're wondering whether they're yeah. actually together they've said they were yeah. but they said a lot of things yeah, they said they, they said they worked together, and also I think uh, one of the production assistants on the movie actually put up put up a picture on her Twitter feed oh. uh, of the three of them together, and she's with them. So there is photographic evidence, which is weird. Why they shoot it that way then? Yeah, you know, but maybe just I think it was probably the time constraints. They only had a day to do this. Maybe, that bit, maybe. So. They just set it up with a simple two-header as opposed maybe, to... Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe, like, uh, Bruce Willis, like, turned up in the first half of the day and then Arnold turned up in the second half of the day and then, like, they took a picture together just while... Well, know. yeah, it's where we just have to get the two cameras set up and they just have to go with that because if they move them, they got to reset everything up. It's only two days. But it is a very nice scene. And what is nice is that, they, you know, like, all of the dialogue that they have can so easily be parallel to their actual relationships yeah. in real life. And a, the finishing line is fantastic. It's fantastic. We'll we won't, spoil we won't it for say you, what it is, but... it's but one of the biggest laughs of the movie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, uh... Arnold and Stallone next to Bruce Willis they've both aged yeah they have aged hard Stallone hardcore. is wrinkly Stallone looks like a science experiment <laughs> his face it's like <laughs> yeah Arnold still looks like Arnold but he's much smaller and he's just got a lot more wrinkles yeah Bruce Willis just looks like still looks like he's fucking David Edison <laughs> he's fucking 
he's got stretching going on or something. I mean, he's he's looking good. He's looking damn good, man. He's aging really well. Shit. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, basically... Uh, Bruce and Dolph Lundgren, we should mention that as well. Yeah, I'm getting to that. But basically, the, the scene uh, between Bruce Willis and the other two is... Basically, the scene where the plot gets sets in motion. Yeah, Bruce Willis is the uh, the guy who works for the agency that employs that um, Sylvester Stallone and his crew. I got two jobs for you. One's a cakewalk. What's the other one? One. I can't remember. No. <laughs> but uh, so basically, they go there, they check it out, and they realize that everything is not what it seems. And uh, fucking Stallone, through the goodness of his heart, decides to go go back there and kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and the, 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 one of the pivotal reasons for that, they all decide they're not doing it. Yeah. Until he has a talk with Mickey Rourke's character. Yeah. And that scene is fantastic. That is very nice. It's Mickey very Rourke plays this, um, he, he's, I, I he's get, too. he, he looks like at one point he might have been, he might, he might have had Stallone's job. Uh-huh. You know, like, and then now he's all retired, he's a yeah. tattoo artist and shit like that. Paints guitars. Dolph Ludgren is like the wild, the wild card. He's, yeah. he's basically the one, the, 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 the shifty one because, uh, and this is uh, something that's only touched on briefly, but he's a junkie. Yeah. And it's like sort of blink and you'll miss it type of exposition. Yeah, but he's a little fucked up. He does look racked for parts of it, but uh, he looks fantastic for whatever for, age he is. For me, I mean, like uh, aside from uh, Stallone and Statham, who are given enough screen time to make an impact, yeah. the ones that I mean, Jet Li has—he's very cute in this. Yeah, he gets once he gets he gets a segment of the film yeah. to shine where he gets yeah. to do is like you know I need my money. <laughs> I'm smaller. I need, I, need, I need money for my family. You don't have it. What family? You don't ask. You don't care. <laughs> Same shares as was every time. But uh, uh, yeah, he gets he gets some great lines, and he also gets to fight um, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren twice. twice. But uh, yeah, out of the uh, the supporting players, I would say Dolph Lundgren for me made the biggest impact. Uh, that Dolph Lundgren wins the I've really missed you award for this one. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like Mickey Rourke. I've, I'm, a, I'm a big Mickey Rourke fan. You've you seen Iron Man too. But you know, but Mickey Rourke. He still got his Iron Man too hair. Well, this was clearly made on his day off. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's in my contract. I can't change my hair. Yeah. And I do think that is a special effect belly because he was not that. He didn't have that belly in Iron Man too. Oh really? No, no, no. He's fucking. He's he's you know, he's, he's, uh, he's cut in Iron Man too. But in this, special but, but in this, he's got like this big, big sort of pot belly. Did you see it? Yeah. You know, like the the rest of and he and he, he's just wearing like a leather fucking vest. Yeah, that's his that's his wardrobe, like just a strip of leather <laughs> and some pants. It's like yeah, let's go. But Mickey What's Rourke, but Mickey Rourke has uh, one standout moment in this. Uh, Sylvester Stallone gives him the best piece of writing in the movie, and also direct directing wise. It's a, yeah. It's again, it's they have two cameras set up. One on Stallone, one on um, Mickey Rourke, and it's a very interesting angle they use for it, and it works beautifully. It's very nice. It's a very affecting. It's a very effective moment. Yeah, uh, it is definitely the most emotional, emotionally resonant moment in the entire movie. It's also the most acting in the yes, entire movie. Yes, it's also the most acting, <laughs> the most acting in the entire movie as well, and it's a very tight close-up. <laughs> so it really is literally the only the best acting you will see yeah there's nowhere to hide in that scene that's, that's like the problem I had with uh, the, the, the early part of the movie is that I was saying to you earlier is that like all of these guys when they do movies on their own they're always surrounded by actors who are much more <laughs> uh, qualified than they are yeah and um, this time 
and, and that has always sort of helped to sort of elevate the realism of their movies. Yeah. Whereas this time, when you when you put these guys together and, and everyone is as talented as the other, yeah. <laughs> there are some scenes that are painful yeah. because the acting is not good. Mm. You know, I mean, no, I mean, I like, didn't notice it so much. Uh, I mean, for me, it was just in the early part of the movie. Mm. You know, like especially once they're fighting and shouting each other. It's yeah, yeah, once they start beating, beating, you know, blowing shit up, I was like, yeah, these guys are awesome. Give yeah. them an Oscar. But like in the early scenes. Just the delivery, like because you could tell that it was, uh, that you can, you know, like uh, the, the script. They had all these zingers in there, right? Yeah. And a lot of these zingers fall flat, and it's not necessarily because the lines aren't funny. It's because these guys don't know how and to deliver them. Lines. <laughs> and the scenes between like uh, J- uh, Jason Statham and Charisma Carpenter are who, painful. Who also turns up as a, a love interest to give a bit of backstory to him. Yeah, and it's painful. The dialogue between them is fucking painful. I don't find it too bad. I mean, he's a great. He, his finisher with her is pretty good. I mean, it wasn't so much uh, like the, that, that wasn't so much the acting. That was actually the dialogue. Uh-huh. I, I hated the dialogue in those scenes. It was ridiculous, you know. And and but then again, that, that was also the point in the movie where you where you where you switch on to the fact that you are watching an eighties movie. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of eighties cheese in there, and if you are unfamiliar with that era of they're filmmaking, they're not redefining the genre. Yeah, they're just adding to it. There you go. Exactly. And so it takes a while. If you're not ready for that, it is possible that you might find it a bit jarring in the beginning. Yeah. As you sort of like settle into this, oh shit, oh shit, oh fuck, yeah, this is an 80s movie, awesome. And you've talked about, you know, the great scenes and everyone, the, the, the time given to everybody. I think, we, well, one thing we should mention is we did see this in Malaysia, so I think there were definitely some cuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, they left Yin Yang's backstory hanging, whereas maybe there was something he explained there, but it was filthy is what I was thinking. Yeah, maybe. Or else they just did leave it, which was quite nice, considering how they spent the time with uh, Jason Statham. But I think uh, Terry Crews and Randy Couture, Terry Crews especially, Randy Couture gets a big fight, yeah. and he gets that kind of one scene in the beginning, yeah. but they don't have an awful lot to do. Yeah, and you can... And Apart from carrying that big fucking gun. And the, uh, and the fight between Randy Couture and Steve Austin towards the end, it is an awesome fight, but even then, you do get the impression that this fight, there is a longer version of this fight somewhere. And he sets the fucker on fire. Yeah, well, you know, like, spoiler. But, I mean, it is an awesome fight, but, you, yeah, you do... I am waiting now for, like, an unrated sort of director's cut version of this yeah. coming out on DVD. I just want to see more of Steve Austin. Steve Austin... Th- Steve Austin... He's so growly. He's, he just looks like a huge penis. <laughs> he is so full of testosterone that when, you, when he cut... He just looks like a huge, erect cock <laughs> with a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then Eric Roberts also gets the line regarding one of the other characters saying that, you know, I'm not comfortable talking to a giant with a shotgun. This <laughs> <laughs> is just... It's great lines like that. Those are the singers that work. Terry Crews. Terry Crews' gun. I mean, Terry Crews is the Jesse Ventura char- character of... It's the same uh, gun from... Pre- it looks like the gun from Predator. It's Predators. It One might of them be. maybe Rody has. It and might the, be. But and, yeah, watching it in THX this gun, surround sound. This gun rips people apart. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's ridiculous. And there's a little bit of setup to it. And then it like it gets a shot shine and it's like, fuck me. <laughs> the audience is just losing their shit. It's like, holy crap! It's like people are literally getting blown apart. <laughs> you can I mean the the tone of the movie gets set very early. When Dolph Lundgren fires a fires a fires a fires the shotgun at a pirate. Oh, it's it's some kind of grenade launcher yeah, thing. And blows the entire top half of the pirate's body <laughs> apart. Just vaporizes the fucker. The legs are still standing. <laughs> it just blows his entire top half apart. Yeah, it just turns into chunky salsa. And like that's when the audience is like, oh. <laughs> uh, but it is nice. It is. It, it was a very fun movie. 
Yeah, I mean, they, one of the things is it moves very quickly along. I mean, even you said that slow at the beginning. It does move quickly. There's no fat, really. It's just I enjoyed every bit of it. Once it gets going, it, I mean, it goes. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it moves at a really good pace. Yeah. But yeah, go see it. Definitely go, <laughs> definitely go see it. It's well worth it. And there's no conflict. If you live in Malaysia, there's no conflict with uh, Scott Pilgrim because it's not fucking out yet. Yeah. All right, and now, as usual, we shall finish off with... The top 10 box office results from Malaysia and the United States of America. And starting off in Malaysia, number 10 is Despicable Me. I really want to see this. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good. Number 9, Le Comédie Humaine. Is that French or is that actually from the region? It's in the region, isn't it? Not too sure. Number 8, Figue Lagadi. <laughs> number 7, Curse of the Deserted. It's an Asian movie. Mm-hmm. Number 6, Jade and the Pearl. Number 5, Inception. Good movie. Number 4, Tekken. Straight in at number 4. First week on release. I can't believe they made a Tekken movie. I mean, has no one learned the, the lessons of Dead or Alive and Eric Robertson's Magic Sunglasses? This was clearly made on the cheap. Yeah. Number three, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Number two, Salt. Number one, The Last Airbender. Chart bending. And that the US box office top ten. Number ten, The Kids Are All Right. I want to see this. this. Yes, yeah. I've heard very good things about this. This is the mo- this is a movie about a lesbian couple uh, played by Julianne Moore and Annette Bening, mm-hmm. mm, and they uh, they meet the the father of their children. Played oh. by Mark Ruffalo. Oh. Number nine. The Hulk. Yeah. Number nine, Toy Story 3. Still going. Number eight, Charlie St. Cloud. Fuck off, Charlie St. Cloud. Number seven, Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. Fuck off, Kitty Galore. The only reason I would ever consider seeing this is so I can watch the CG Roadrunner cartoon at the beginning. Oh, is there a CG Roadrunner cartoon yeah, yeah, at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Number six, Despicable Me. Number five, Dinner for Schmucks. Number four, Salt. Number three, Step Up. 3D. Number two, Inception. Still going good. Hopefully we'll get more decent, clever ice movies. Yep. And number one, The Other Guys. Which is supposed to be very funny. Oh, is it? Yeah, this is supposed to be a return to form. For Farrell. For Farrell, yeah. the Land of the Lost. Yeah. <laughs> Land of the Lost career. All right, people, we're going to send you off. Uh, it's been a while since no. we... Uh... It's too long. All right, then. <laughs> We're going to send you off. We're going to send you off. Thank you for listening once again. If you would like to uh, ask us any questions or make any comments, please email us at podcast at mcgeppenfries.com. Or let us know that you made it to the end. It's podcast at mcgeppenfries.com. Thanks. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs>